Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. As my new Gorilla Glue lip balm I tried. Oh, I was just triple masking. <laughs> I was trying the new it doesn't it the lip balm didn't say it said don't use on skin or put in your eyes or ingest. It didn't say don't use on your lips. Lips aren't skin? I guess technically, not. right? I, I don't know. Well, let's talk about I guess since you brought it up, uh some a YouTuber or a wannabe influencer? Tessica. Yeah. Come uh, on. Pick so, a name. Your so name's she, either Tess or Jessica. She has the, the typical um, ghetto shellac hair. Hey, do you know why? Hmm. Because white people be beauty, racist. Beauty standards. Yeah. White beauty standards. Um, making black women conform to straight hair. And what woman has hair that, what white woman has hair that looks like the hair she put her Gorilla Glue in. Yeah. So she has that real tight um, ponytail kind of thing um, where her, her her hair is like very tight to her skull and then, you know, braided in the back. And then she has a, had a product called Got to Be Glued. Yeah. And it's a hairspray that basically simulates shellacking your hair. But you can wash it out. She ran out of Got to Be Glued and she went to the store and I guess decided to go to the hardware section. <laughs> And got Gorilla Glue, Spray. which is which is a like industrial strength adhesive. And since it sounded like got to be glued, she figured, well, it's got to be the same product, even though it's not in the hair care aisle. It's in the hardware aisle. Did she actually go to the store and buy it, or was it in her house? Maybe she ordered it. I don't know. No, that might be the issue. You know, she just looked up, you know, Gorilla Glue, got to be glued, or got to be or glued. Who knows? So but, it was Google who did it to her. Yeah. So she sprayed it in her scalp and uh, shellacked the hell out of her hair and couldn't get it out and uh, went on and kind of admitted it, which made her look like the idiot she is, and uh, then went to the hospital. Or no, initially tr- tried to contact Gorilla Glue, and they're like, uh, yeah, it's not. it says right on there, not meant for skin or hair. No, it doesn't say hair. Oh, it that was her hair. point. She was oh. like, it doesn't say hair. Okay. Her. It doesn't say Her. her. And then uh, supposedly she went, to, well, she did go to the hospital. They couldn't figure it out. Um, and then she was, she supposedly she contacted uh, the makers of Gorilla Glue and they said, well, why don't you try acetone or something? Now that seems like a bad idea. How about, how about shave your head? Well, they shouldn't have even responded with like advice. But supposedly this is what she's suing because not for the initial but for their response to saying, well, try this. And so now they're getting sued for trying to help. Because her scalp burns. Well, yeah. She, I mean, you're, you shouldn't. And the way she did it, you see the, did you see the video no, of it? No. She had a relative. She was sitting in a chair and she had a relative with cotton balls or something and like pouring it on her hair and like swabbing it with cotton balls. It's like, uh, that's going to pour into your eyeballs for one, you idiot. I mean, obviously she's going to do everything stupid. But then the cotton balls were kind of like sticking to the glue. <laughs> so she had to just like get worse. Can oh. you believe how racist we are? Like I told her her name has to conform to Tess or Jessica. Mm-hmm. How racist can I be? Of course. 
know. Yeah, we have no we have no empathy, no human empathy for for people who aren't white. You know what I think is so funny though is that she'll her parents will name her Tessica, or maybe she changed her name to that. I don't know. And then they'll say, "Well, you know, my my name's not going to conform to white." standards well and then people go sorry what's your name and she's like oh i see how it is as a as a as a black woman myself if i have a child i'm in a it's a female child i'm gonna name her placenta how about chlamydia Ooh, placenta chlamydia jones Mm, that's pretty well chlamydia sounds like a beautiful flower (laughs) how about meconium did you hear that another another black person decided there's a new thing called the gorilla glue challenge going on now and uh, an aspiring rapper decided he didn't believe her. He thought she was full of shit. I didn't know it was a black guy who did yeah, that. Yeah, well, I'm making assumptions because he's a rapper, but that's that's you know that's that's my privilege, my racism coming out. <laughs> um, could have been a white guy. I didn't see it. I just heard that he decided that he was going to spray Gorilla Glue on his lips and then stick a cup to yeah, it. Yeah, st- stick a cup to it, and you know, lo and behold, it's it it worked as advertised. Well, not as advertised because it doesn't advertise doing that to your lip. And to go to the emergency room and... uh, Have it torn off. Yeah. So uh, Tessa's going to be okay, though, because I think she's up to $20,000 on her GoFundMe. Tessica. Tessica, sorry. Get it right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Dog dog had something to contribute, apparently. Um, We spent entirely too much time talking about this. Yeah, but, you know, it was funny. Okay. Okay, so we got Oh, Oh, speaking of funny. I'm sure everybody saw this clip, but the lawyers on the Zoom call where the one lawyer was had the cat filter. That was amazing. I, I didn't see it, oh, but I heard so the clip. Fun. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, what's what's the most funny is, for one, the lawyer sounds like Elmer Fudd almost, <laughs> but and he sounds like a befuddled old man. Yeah. And then the cat, the kitten um, um, filter on his face yeah. basically just shows like a very, just like right in the grill, just the whole screen is the cat's face. <laughs> and then you can see his eyeballs moving down. Like it's, it tracks your <laughs> eye movement. So like you could see him looking like trying to desperately find where to turn it off. He's like, and then the point where he goes, I- I'm willing to proceed. You know, obviously I'm not a cat. <laughs> just like, it was so precious. <laughs> so cute yeah i mean everything about that with the kitty and the just this befuddled old man not knowing technology it's just it was very funny so. well then there was one with uh tom emmer the representative from uh western suburbs here in minnesota mm-hmm. he was on a zoom call uh for maxine waters committee and his screen was upside down or something everyone was flipping out huh. over that well he's upside down mm big deal yeah stuff like that's gonna happen on these zoom calls but the filter stuff is pretty pretty funny yeah all right we gotta talk about gina carano getting fired and then rehired yeah we've we've had i think we've brought gina carano up at least like five times now and on episodes and but it's worth talking about so uh she has been a target of the left she plays cara dune on the mandalorian uh former mma fighter yeah uh and pretty good one too Mm -hmm. um Anyway, she uh, she's been in a couple movies, so she gets this role on The Mandalorian specifically because she's got an MMA background, and they want this you know tough woman oh, playing this. She's got a very pleasing look. Yeah, um, she's not hard to look at. So uh, anyway, she said lots of things on Twitter that bother people, and uh, uh, especially on the left. And none of it seemed to be outwardly racist or anything like that to me. It was not just even close. Th- she wasn't conforming to the group thing so she and i don't have the quote in at, front the, of me. at the at the worst it was 
mildly insensitive. It was things like uh, she, in her pronouns, and not just unsolicited, someone was giving her a hard time. They're giving her grief saying, why don't you put your pronouns on? So she did, and she put beep, bop, boop, or something like that, which they said was supposed to be a uh, reference to R2-D2 because she's in the... uh, Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, she's in the Star Wars universe. So... Anyway, uh, she has been doing stuff like that. She sort of mocked people who were um, who were wearing masks, and she mocked the vaccination thing, saying... Well, she didn't specifically. She just, like, uh, uh, post memes, right? No, she said something like, uh, you know, they tell us, put a mask over your eyes now so you can't see what's happening, stuff oh, okay. like that. Yeah. I'm not quoting her exactly, but I'm sort of paraphrasing. So her latest one, which people on the left are calling abhorrent, is... Uh, that she said, look, you know, the the Nazis didn't just round up the Jews. They didn't beat them in the streets. They got their neighbors to hate them simply for being Jews. You know, and then it made it easy to round them up. Um, that's the gist of what she said. Didn't say anything. She didn't mention the Holocaust, although she sort of danced around it. And if you read the post, it was she's like supporting the Jews. Well, they called the whole thing abhorrent, racist, all the buzzwords, and Disney fired her. Well, this comes on the heels of another post she made where it's a famous photo of a bunch of Nazis in a crowd doing the uh, Heil Hitler salute, the Sigil, and one guy, like with his arms crossed, going, nope. Yep. And that's, you know, it's circled saying this guy refused to be part of this. And she posted that also previously in there. That's another thing. Oh, anti-Semitic. How the fuck is that anti-Semitic? Yeah. When you're saying, I like this guy who is not the Nazi, who doesn't do the salute, who doesn't conform to this bullshit. This is the guy I'm pointing out. How is that anti-Semitic? Well, it's anti-Semitic because you're, you're trying to equate the suffering of the Jews. with. It's like, fuck you. Yes, I am. I'm, I, I'll equate the suffering of the Jews with anybody who will get similar treatment. Yes, I will. And I'll uh, equate the suffering of people that suffer under communism or the Holodomor. Um, look it up. You know, all that shit. It's it, there. You learn from history so you don't repeat history. Well, the bad parts of history. If Anderson Cooper can compare what happened at the Capitol on January 6th to what happened in Rwanda. <laughs> oh, the Hutus and the Tutsis. Which he did. He compared the two. He said, <sighs> Idiot. you know, these are the same thing. Then she can say what, what the Nazis initially did to separate neighbors from their Jewish neighbors that they liked was to dehumanize them. Yeah. She's not wrong. And that's actually what happened in Rwanda too. The the one tribe dehumanized the other tribe. They yeah, were calling the, them cockroaches and the there was Tutsis a and the Hutu, yeah. Hutus or and there was like a that. there was a radio uh, a uh, popular radio host who was going on constantly, you know, ta- talking about how they were subhuman and cockroaches and when the day came, he was the one that kind of fomented the whole thing and got it started. Not him personally, but him and his kind. And yeah, he incited violence against them. That's not. That's yeah, not the even signal close. was going to be like when the president's plane was shot down yeah. or something like that. Anyway, so Gina Carano gets fired, um, but then she got re. She just got hired by uh, Ben Shapiro. And when we talked about this earlier. You, yes. So so Crow said, so she got fired uh, about three days ago. Yeah. And uh, Crow said, oh, she should go start making movies for Ben Shapiro. Yeah, he's got a production company now. I'm sure that'd be the best thing for her yeah, to get hired. Yeah, because they did Run, Hide, Fight, Yep. Um, which I still have to see. But um, 
Did you watch the whole movie? Yeah, it's fantastic. You think my oldest can watch that? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I've heard it was real graphic. No. Okay. It, I mean, it, it's graphic, but it's not like, it's no worse than a horror movie. Okay. All right. So, um, so anyway, you said she should go work for Ben Shapiro. Well, I'm watching The Quartering today, Jeremy in The Quartering, and he says, hey, guess what? Ben Shapiro hired. I'm ever uh, so prescient. You are prescient by half. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's going to go to that. And Jeremy's point was, he goes, Hey lefties, you can keep ragging on her, but she's going to make a ton of money. The I hope more, so. The more you go after her, he said, the more her net worth goes up. And I, I agree because what they're doing is they're trying to signal her, you know, signal that she is to be shunned and cast aside. The problem is we are not a 80, 20 sort of split like they were in Rwanda or they were in Germany. We're close to 50-50. And uh, both sides, especially the one side uh, that's always been pro-gun, has a lot of guns. So we're not, as Jesse Kelly said, we're not going to be splitting up as a country anytime soon. They're not going to be rounding people up and disappearing them. He's like, it's not going to happen. Doesn't he believe we're going to naturally balkanize, though? Yeah, he does. Um, but anyway, uh, so Gina is going to be cast out by one side, and the other side is going to embrace her fully. Embrace her, as Jeremy Jeremy said. He goes, uh, "You think Kevin Sorbo is not doing real well?" I was just going to bring that up. He and the thing about Kevin Sorbo, he was the guy who played Hercules back in the yeah, late nineties. Then, then he was in Babylon Five. Yeah, he um, he's not a great actor. He's charismatic. He's not a great actor, um, and he, he's good for what he does. Yeah, he he did Hercules. He had some medical issues that made it difficult to continue that series. I think he had a series of strokes, actually, um, something like that. Yeah. But he came back, and he never was going to be a, an A or B list actor in any sense of the word for Hollywood. But right. he had conservative values, and he wasn't afraid to espouse them. And the conservative media, whatever there is of it, um, which isn't is anywhere near as is powerful or or wealthy as liberal media or liberal um, not media. Um, entertainment industry they still have money and he became one of the guys they'd hire for all these kind of conservative christian movies that they'd put out he's getting regular work doing that and well and that's he's fine make, for him he's making some of his own yeah. movies yeah and he's making bank you know you know he might not be making bank of someone that's you know like a ryan reynolds or you know somebody in in big hollywood pictures but you know, he's living pretty comfortably. Well, the difference is that a Ryan Reynolds gets paid 15 million bucks to make a movie that costs 150 million bucks that they hope does 250 million bucks. And if it doesn't, you know, then that's sort of a strike against him. You only have so many movies in Hollywood before they start saying, hey, you can't really drive the bus anymore. Now, Ryan Reynolds is going to be fine for a long time. But, you know, you get somebody you get two bad movies in a row. Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, he was Deadpool, yeah. and uh, Gina Carano was in those movies. Yeah. Was she in both? She was only in the first one, I think. She was in the first one, yeah. I wonder, it'd be pretty cool if they if Ryan Reynolds would back her up and go, I want you in the third one. That'd yeah, be pretty, he won't. He won't, he won't but it would be cool. Because that's Disney, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, Disney has got everything. Yeah, maybe not. I think, no, Disney does own Marvel. Yeah, maybe. So, never mind. Anyway. Um, yeah, they do. So... Uh, so, um, threw me off there. Oh, wait, is that like, Disney or is, or is that Sony Deadpool? I don't know. I thought there was a reason that, uh, that they took over. Disney? No, that the, um, 
who are they? The Wolverine and X Men. X Men. There's a reason the X Men and Deadpool. Sony and, and Disney made a made a deal. Yeah, but those characters can't be in the same movie because it's two different ownership. Well, Deadpool things. and the X Men can be in the same movie because because Sony has ownership of. Oh, they X-Men. couldn't. They couldn't before. Anyway. Yeah, we're getting into the yeah getting into nerd the weeds. Here. Um. So yeah. Oh, I know where I was going. So Kevin Sorbo makes these movies that cost a million bucks to make or two, three million bucks to make, and they do $20 million at the box office, and boom, everybody makes money. So they're smaller pictures with smaller budgets, and they just don't, they have this built-in audience who's just waiting to see more conservative stuff, and they get trumpeted by guys like Hannity and Beck and all that, and he's going to keep doing that. And Gina Carano is going to do some of that stuff too. And for somebody like Daily Wire, who's making, you know, Ben Shapiro's group is going to make these movies. They've got plenty of money to make, you know, two to $5 million budget movies. And they've got a big enough following that that thing's going to turn right around. Nick Searcy's doing the same thing. He made the Goslin movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the about the abortion doctor. Okay. Oh, that's that's right. It was Searcy behind that. Yeah, so it was him and Dean Cain and... Yeah who's a conservative actor. And I think there were a couple other people in there that don't really identify one way or another conservative. They, um, but they, uh, they made that movie and it was a big hit and they made a, they made bank on it. Yeah, so now she's going to, she's got another one. Out she's going to go from a supporting role to probably a starring role in this conservative stuff. And she's going to be, you know, hitting these, um, conventions that are, you know, probably Christian based. I would imagine usually a lot of the stuff. And there's still going to be a bunch of people who are, who, you know, don't care about her politics, who liked her on the show and are going to be pissed off that she got fired. Um, but who's Cassandra Fairbanks was on uh, Tim Pool. I think it was her saying she goes, she lives in California. And she's like, I think half of Hollywood is conservative. She said, if you are afraid to admit it. Yes. If if they don't say anything, then they're uh, then they're conservative. Now, I don't know if I go with that. If I had to guess, I'd say the percentage in Hollywood and I don't have any data to back this up it's probably similar although an opposite ratio as the military i think the military is probably 70 to 75 percent conservative yeah it's because they're all white supremacists yeah exactly according to the left i'm guessing hollywood's the other way and democrats well they say they're all white supremacists but then they say there's a disproportionate amount of brown people serving in the military because they can't get ahead (laughs) yeah because yeah only yeah you get to have the argument both ways um but anyway, about this thing with Disney, so now you've got a whole bunch of motivated nerds who are digging through and finding all of this shit that's going on with Disney. So they hired James Gunn back, who they fired for... Uh, reprehensible tweets. Reprehensible tweets that were uh, pedophile adjacent. Pedro Pascal posted uh, pictures of kids in cages in uh, Nazi Germany, and then kids in cages in the border in Mexico, which turned out to not be the border in Mexico in 2018. Like you said, it was Palestine. But I, uh, I would have said someone should say to Pedro, uh, maybe you should look into that because I think on the stuff on the border was in like 2014, 15, the kids in cages pictures that everybody's using. Um, there was another guy. I, I posted it on the bread and circuses, Facebook page. Apparently, he's a producer with Disney. I haven't checked this, but he's got a... And I say I haven't checked it, so I don't know. I don't trust anything anybody posts anymore. So if somebody says, this guy's a producer at Disney and puts a picture up on Twitter, I'm not going to instantly believe it. But if it's true, 
It is a guy feeding someone into a wood chipper and sort of artistically computer-generated blood flying all over the place um, with him saying hashtag MAGA kids, something like that. Basically, someone who's condoning putting kids in a wood chipper for not thinking the right way. And uh, I'm like, if that guy's still a producer, he's got to go. Disney's going to find a shit ton of this stuff. People are going to start pointing out the rather obvious ties that Walt Disney himself had to anti-Semitism. I mean, this is just, it's not going to stop for them. Um, And now hashtag cancel Disney or cancel Disney plus is going out. And so there's people who are bailing on their, their Disney plus stuff. Um, And, but at the same time, I've heard that Disney got to like, uh, Disney Plus got to like 95 million people in 14 months where it took Netflix nine years to get there. So, look, Disney's going to be fine. But they're going to be harassed by this from internet trolls who are just posting the stuff. And there will be more Facebook bannings because of it because people will go, well, that's false information. Twitter will shut people down. And they just lean into all of these bad decisions all the time. Fans are going to start pulling this stuff out and shoving it right up Disney's ass. And Disney's going to be okay. But some people like James Gunn are going to get drugged through the mud again. And you know what? Deservedly so. Because if this is the game you're going to play, you know, you got to you gotta just deal with what you get. So, but cancel culture is coming for the lefties too, and they just can't, they can't take it. So, um, speaking of which, lefties and cancel culture and saying stupid shit. Oh, before we move on. Just yeah. a, a real quick quote from Gina about okay. this whole situation. Um, so this is from New York Post. And it goes, uh, Carano, who was fired from the hit series The Mandalorian over controversial so- social media posts this week, said she refused to be silenced and is now working on a flick with the conservative website The Daily Wire, according to Deadline. Here's a quote from her. They can't cancel us if we don't let them, Carano told the outlet. The Daily Wire is helping make one of my dreams to develop and produce my own film come true. I cried out and my prayer was answered. I'm sending out a direct message of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the totalitarian mob. She added, I have only just begun using my voice, which is now freer than ever before, and I hope it inspires others to do the same. God, God damn. <laughs> you know, and that brings up some, you know, Matt Christensen said this. He was talking about all of this stuff like the mask wearing and everything. He goes, we can talk about when are they going to lighten, loosen the restrictions. He goes, this is over when we say it's over. Mm-hmm. He says, when we just stop doing what they tell us to do. And if you haven't watched V for Vendetta or you haven't watched it lately, watch it. Yep. It's a great movie. Um, you know, and it, I don't think it goes where most people think it's going to go, but it's a great movie for all of these reasons. And they released a virus in that movie. They re- the government released a virus to basically cow the people. Yeah. To control the people. Well, in a sense, I think people, there are some people who have been inoculated from this virus stuff because I, you know, we've talked about this before. What you mean happens spiritually or physically? Spiritually. Okay. So when this comes out again and they say, hey, we, uh, we here we go with the virus stuff again, there's going to be a section of the population, 10, 15, 20% or something that goes, no, we're not fucking doing this again, you know? So. I, I felt shame the other day. I had to walk into the store. It's a store my wife and I go to all the time. And so it's we run into tons of people we know. And because of the job she has, uh, 
I don't want to, I don't want it to cause a problem for her. So I said, look, when we go to the grocery store, or we go to target. I said, I'll wear the damn mask. Okay. Just so you don't take shit for it. But everywhere else, when I go to the gas station, places I'm in and out of in a couple minutes, I don't, I don't wear them. And I was running into our grocery store for like two minutes. I needed to get one thing for dinner. I was going to be, I knew right where it was, was by the door in and out of there. And I thought, I'll put the damn mask on. I'd be fine without it that fast. So I walk in and the first person I run into is this, this woman, probably late fifties, early sixties with just a fuck around and find out kind of look on her face. No mask. And I was like, God damn it. I was, I was mask shamed. Yeah, so. there's uh, situations where even if somebody like gives you the stink eye, if you're in there in and out like convenience stores, especially uh, grocery store, if you're walking in and you're not doing the shopping cart experience like I did where I had the guy following me around. Mm-hmm. But if you're just going in for a couple things, don't put that fucking mask on. Don't worry about it. They're not going to make a stink. They're going to be like, oh, should we say something? Should we say something? And then you'll be gone before they decide what to do about it. Yeah, I just, my wife and her job, I didn't want her to have to put up with yeah. it. But, you know, I feel more and more like that was a cop-out than anything else. I should have done it. Of course, anyway. I decided, you know, that grocery store that I got confronted at, we talked about this. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually been back in there because um, I just, I, I've stopped and got groceries at other places. But I did, since it's been getting really fucking cold in Minnesota here, in Minneapolis, I did actually make an order last week online because it was like a dollar for them just to take it out to your car for you and i'm like well fuck <laughs> so it wasn't because i didn't want to go in without a mask i was like this is a good fucking deal <laughs> i don't want to have to for one i hate grocery shopping um and i end up getting shit i don't need everybody does this um and in february in minnesota you just hate going outside yeah so so you make your order online um you go when it's ready you drive down there um you tell them what your car is they come out you open up your hatch and they pop it in and, you're, and you get the hell out of there for a dollar. It's like dude, you can't beat that. Yeah. So. Um. So anyway, speaking of uh, it being cold, there is this writer for I think the New York Times, Virginia Heffernan, and <laughs> I looked up her picture, and of course the first pictures you come up with were when she was much younger and she was very attractive, and let's just say she's started to sound a little bit more like her last name. I don't want to pick on her because of her looks. That's not what I mean. But when I picture a Karen and I don't come up with Kate Goslin from K plus eight, I come up with this gal. And so she wrote an article for the New York times and Greg Gutfeld brought up a great point in this. I'll get to in a second where she basically said this Trump supporter neighbor of hers at their COVID getaway. So she's already admitting she's got a second home someplace. And uh, they were at their COVID getaway. And this son of a bitch next door to her, do you know what he did? He plowed her fucking driveway. Fucking monster. Well, she, he even like, she basically said, you know, he dropped the plow and pulled the, you know, when you plow a driveway, there's still a little bit of snow residue. He like dropped the plow and pulled it out of there. And she's like, it was perfect. And her whole thing was like, how am I supposed to respond to this? Because I'm not going to be nice to him because I'm not going to enable his ideology. And she goes, I'm not here to give him absolution. Yeah, I was going to say that was the line that got me. He's not fucking asking for it. He doesn't He doesn't need your fucking absolution. You have no authority to give any absolution. Fuck off. So she starts making, she starts out saying things like, and it, the article's worth reading. You got to go read it. I'm not going to read through the whole thing here, but 
she uh, she talks about how in the city, people don't just do nice things for each other. Well, that's maybe why people with with a brain and some common decency are fuck out. moving the fuck out of these cities because everybody wants to live next to people who do shit like this for you. Well, let me give you just a few quick quotes from her. It's not the whole okay um, thing, but she goes. Um, oh, heck no, the Trumpites next door to our pandemic gate uh, getaway who seem as devoted to the ex-president as you can get without being Q fans just plowed her driveway without being asked Which, and did a great job. By the way, she never gives any evidence as to why that is. And she goes, how am I going to resist demands for unity in the face of this act of aggressive niceness? Of course, on some level, I realize I owe them thanks. And man, it really looks like the guy backdragged the driveway like a pro. But how much thanks? These neighbors are staunch partisans of blue... Of blue lives. What? Yeah, oh, they like uh, the cops. cops. And there aren't a lot of anything other than white lives in the neighborhood. So that's kind of the kind of shit she keeps writing. So she admits that she moved to a mostly white neighborhood. Yeah. For her, uh, for her COVID getaway. How do we know it's not her brown people getaway? Yeah. She, she goes doesn't... on to say, uh, so she suggests, uh, no, and I'm not making this up. Um, that the kind act of the her neighbors, you know, it's compar- comparable to Hezbollah caring for its elderly and sick population in Lebanon as a way to gain loyalty. So she's basically equating uh, the Trump supporters to terrorists trying to. Well, why wouldn't? You? Yeah, trying to like it's like a terrorist saying, oh, "Well, we're gonna," or, or a drug cartel saying, "We're gonna build schools for you." So you know, we're good guys. Yeah, we're gonna pay you to grow stuff, but it's uh, opium for us. Yeah. So, um. Anyway. So she goes on just assigning the worst ideology to this guy, not realizing the entire time that that's what she is. She is making terrible assumptions about a person based on probably a yard sign. Oh, wait a minute. Why isn't she canceled by the left? She did what uh, Gina Carano did. She goes goes on to tell the story of a family she stayed with in France as a yep. teen. The family had a portrait of a Nazi collaborator on their wall. Gasp. And they explained that during the occupation, they were happy because the Nazis were polite. Um, so she did basically the the Gina Carano thing by uh, comparing what's going on to, to Nazi Germany. Yeah. So how is it? I'm, I'm sure she rails against white privilege all the time because I'm sure she's a white apologist. But she doesn't notice that she's got a second home and that she was able to uh, spend some time in France as a kid, you know, with this family. I mean, those aren't things that... Uh, you know, your average middle-class person gets to do. Anyway, so she assigns all these terrible attributes to somebody, and uh, Greg Gutfeld brought up a great point. He goes, is this even true? And I thought, well, of course it's true. And he goes, the Times, I think it's the New York Times she works for, never went and interviewed the guy. Never checked to see if her driveway had even been plowed, you know? And he says, because if the guy really is... A, Trump, a diehard Trumper, he probably watches Fox News. He probably is going to be like, bitch, I plowed your driveway, you know? Yeah, I'm the guy. And he might come forward. But the fact that he hasn't and nobody's checked on it. Well, supposedly they. Is it possible that this even isn't even true? Supposedly they've people have scoured her history and she has a history of kind of railing against her Trumpite neighbors, her conservative Trump supporting neighbors. So. But how do we know that's not yeah, yeah. made up? Yeah, true. Nobody's ever talked to well, these Well, just people. because they're white, she might just assume. But this is, this is a woman who finds evil in the kindness that other people do her. 
because for her, you can't see past a person's ideology. Look, I have neighbors who are diehard lefties and I have neighbors who are diehard righties and I'm, I skew, you know, pretty hard, not hard, but pretty good to the right side of the spectrum, you know, mostly on financial stuff, not so much on social stuff. We all get along, you know, if we don't get along, it's over things that have nothing to do with politics and everything to do with where you parked your car or didn't clean up after your dog or something like that. This is the same thing as when the conservative groups, and I can't remember who started this, but were going to clean up trash in, in dilapidated in Baltimore, yeah, um, areas. And the Democrats and the leftists were railing against it, saying this is all just for show. They're, they're not doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. They're just trying to make themselves look good. And it's like, well, then maybe everybody should try to make themselves look good. Exactly. You know, if okay. that's what you're getting out of it. Let's ju- let's just say it's all true. Let's say they did it to make uh, people who live in Baltimore or the uh, I think who was the guy Elijah Cummings at yeah. the time make Elijah Cummings look bad. Yeah. Well, uh, the problem with that assumption is well, the two problems is one, you assume the worst nature of the people you don't agree with on politics, which is stupid. Politics is shallow stuff. But secondly, and more importantly, how how do you make someone look bad if there's not something to make them look bad yes. about? So these people are cleaning up the area out of spite. Nine dumpsters. Yeah, out of, of spite. They hauled up. And then, uh, and then I noticed that after the uh, the um, the breach of the Capitol, um, that. I saw an article from a lefty sort uh, newspaper that was saying, "Hey, look at this group of uh, of of you know anti-Trump. It didn't say anti-Trumpers, but anti-Trumpers, progressives, whatever, cleaning up the 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 streets after the riot. You know, so basically, um, uh, their their argument against that doing that is bullshit. So now they're just going to co-opt that and say, no, that's us doing that, and we're going to have the media uh, pointing out that we're cleaning up after these hateful, you know, um, right-wing, um, you know, um, seditionists. We're cleaning up after them because they're fucking bastards. It's like, yeah, and then they get the media spinning that out. It's like, they're the ones that were doing that, not the not the right. The right's not the ones that clean up. And then people, like, the regular public's going to hear, oh, people were cleaning up uh, the streets. Uh, yeah, it must have been the Democrats doing that or the leftists doing that. It wasn't the Republicans because they're fucking hateful bastards. Well, take a look at the uh, pictures from the uh, that campsite that was out at the, uh, what's the pipeline that they were protesting last year, the one that Biden just shut down. Oh, the, yeah. yeah, so the, the protesting they did on native lands, they had the camp out there and everything. Uh, did you see the pictures of that place afterwards? Trashed. Oh, my, it was like a biohazard site. It was... You know, I mean, there's no porta potties and stuff there, so they're like shitting in bags and just leaving it in a pile. Um, so there were pictures of what it looked like. It was horrible. Keystone pipeline. Keystone pipeline. Yeah. And then, then how about when uh, the mob in um, Portland tried to shut down the ICE office? It's just you know, and they camped outside of that for a couple days, blocking it. It's just shit and garbage left everywhere. The Minneapolis precinct that they camped outside of after the. Uh, not Jacob Blake, uh, whatever. The one guy who beat up his girlfriend and then fought with the yeah. cops. Um, you know, they protested outside of that for a month. And, uh, I mean, just the shit they leave laying around. So I, if you, if you read this article and it doesn't make you mad at this woman or feel pity for how miserable her life must be, um, 
I, I just, we're not going to agree on anything because she's just, and, she's a shitty human and, and being. And she's an LA Times reporter that, you know. She an LA Times reporter? Yep. Is that what that was? And she wants to, you know, she wants to get recognition. She wants her name out there. So, I mean, this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of thing the lefties, you know, she thinks are going to love, are going to flock to. Somebody said, uh, the guy should go back and plow all the shit right back into her driveway. Just leave a nine if foot. If it happened, yeah. Yeah. Leave a nine foot barrier at the, uh, at the front of it. So. Yeah. All right. So I want to move on to uh, another thing here. Let's talk about Mark Cuban real quick. Oh, God. Remember when you thought he was pretty good and maybe he should run for president? Yeah, I did. And uh, you said he was a piece of shit. And uh, I said, I don't think he's that bad. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> I just thought I had to sneak that in. Oh, that's true. I Look, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. Don't like doing it. Yeah, he just but... goes, he just kind of seems to be going down that, that hole of, of just catering to the left and yeah. catering and, and, and having no principle. So the story is that uh, because the NBA hasn't had fans at their games, nobody noticed that the, uh, that the, and this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen at Disney. So, uh, and Mark Cuban's going to be fine, but nobody noticed that they weren't playing the anthem at Dallas Mavericks games. Then they, then they start, uh, people start commenting about it. And Mark Cuban says, yeah, we're not going to play it at the games. We're right. Just not so Mark Cuban says they're not going to play the national anthem, period. And everybody, he's in fucking Texas. Yeah. Now, yeah, they're in Dallas, which is a, like any other, even a red state, the big cities tend to lean more towards liberals. I mean, Austin's like a liberal hotbed. Mm-hmm. Remind me to come back to Austin in a second. Um, but uh, there's, uh, you know, there's some backlash and people are saying, wearing all these I stand for the flag t-shirts now at games. But so the NBA came out and said, hey, we got a rule that says everybody stands for the anthem. You have to, which kind of means you got to play the anthem. So Cuban goes, that's fine. We'll play it. But you know what? It doesn't really mean anything. He's like, uh, he goes, I don't know how we're going to uh, find a song that speaks to the people that the anthem doesn't speak to. It's like. The point of the Constitution is you don't have to have a religion. You don't have to have all these things. You do whatever you want. But the point of the national anthem is to reinforce that ideal of freedom. And Cuban says, well, they don't play it at your job when you go. Why do they have to play it here? Well, because they always have. It's kind of just a big tradition. It's a huge gathering place. If I had uh, 40,000 people who showed up, I know that's, that's more like a football or baseball game, but Let's just call it 10. If there were 10,000 people at my office and they said, hey, we're going to play the national anthem every morning, yeah, it may seem weird, but we're not talking about you go to work and there's 24 people there, so let's have the let's have the anthem. You know, it's, it's a stupid argument. But instead of saying, because, and I'm not making a play on words here, because uh, he owns the Mavericks, but Mark Cuban has always been a Maverick, done things his own way. He knuckled under pretty fast to, uh, well, fine, I'll play the anthem, mm. you know? So he doesn't have any fucking principles. Nope. I would have at least a little bit of respect for him after losing a ton for not playing it. If he at least said, "No, I'll take the fine. Make me, make me do it." Yeah, but that's that's still. I, I he doesn't have any respect. The, even if that was a principle, I'd say, "Well, that's a shitty principle." So. Uh, I agree, but at least he'd stick to it. Yeah. You know. So so basically, he's not a proud American. He's just like, no, there's nothing. 
about America to be proud of, I guess. No, he, it's, uh, I'm a globalist. A pr- he's a proud American. You're just a dumb American, mm. and you don't understand how much smarter Mark is than you. So just fuck off and do what you're supposed to. Yeah. Okay? Just do that. Well. But I'm, it- I'm worried here because uh, I was wrong about Cuban. Turned out to be a piece of shit. Nikki Haley is starting to become oh, yeah, yeah. Nikki Haley is now, we should have never followed Trump. After she started being a never Trumper, got in the administration, was like, Trump is doing great stuff. And now she's like, uh, so Nikki Haley's off my list. And if I recall, I never was a fan of Nikki Haley. I, I liked some of the things she said, but I said, I don't trust her. We can't go by who you said. Because I don't trust anybody. You're not a fan of anybody. <laughs> I no, you say I don't like Dan Crenshaw. You hate Dan Crenshaw. But <laughs> I like him. But no, I, you hate I, but him. But I'm, I'm keeping him at arm's length. I think there's certain things that I'm worried about. No, you hate Dan Crenshaw. It's a wait you know and see. Do. It's a wait and see with him. So here's all I got left. I got Ron Paul and Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, and I was saying D- uh, Tucker Carlson, but he's, he's not a politician. He, no, so. he's a pundit. You know, I'm I'm sort of hoping that uh, Ron DeSantis will start jumping in here and taking swings at people, because um, he's starting to. Starting to have him on my side, I think here, and well, but just, I just I don't trust politicians in general. Did, did you see uh, Stephen Crowder had? Um, oh, what's the the presidential candidate with the white streak? Uh, oh, Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard on. Did you see that interview? No. She's uh, she's if she wasn't if she just can get if you get her out of the progressive lefty kind of some of the some of the um, the doctrine like the abortion stuff and all that if you get her off of that and. You know, she seems like she'd be a, a, a good person um, to, to sway people that are a little bit left of center, a little bit right of center. She she would be that way if she wasn't you know, such a stickler for some of the real lefty shit. I, I like Tulsi Gabbard in the sense that I respect that she has principles that she holds to about 30 percent of which I agree with, that we have to have free speech and yeah. a Second Amendment and stuff like that. But she's a little too comfortable getting involved in... Uh, and the know, progressive shit. Foreign affairs, yeah. and she's pro-abortion, and I mean, just just on and on. There's a, she's very that, she's yeah. very government's going to take care yeah. of you. Yeah, I mean that's the problem with her. If she if she just start if she start red pilling over all this censorship stuff, and she might. Which seems like that's like a foot in the door for that. So maybe she will eventually come come around. But I, I'm worried more and more that that politicians like AOC are people who really don't like America. Yeah. They they apologize for all the stuff we do, and it's they say no. I love my country. Maybe they do, but not as is. You love what your country is going to be if you get to make it. What she loves the potential of what they see the country could be, and that's not no. Yeah, that's not what the founding fathers care for that at all. Yeah, if you don't believe the founding principles are what you base the country on, if you think that's got to be scrapped, then you don't love the country. So Tulsi Gabbard is someone I would probably disagree with on about seventy percent of her policies. But the 30% of stuff we would agree on would be based in very important principles, like, yeah. you know, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And you can you tell she loves the country, and she wants to do what's good for the country, other than the abortion issue is a stickler for me. She's she's got If, if she's going to stick with that and say abortion on demand, whatever, fuck you then. I can't I can't agree with that. Yeah, that's just kind of evil if you ask so, me. So, yeah, that, and that's really hard to get past. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say hard, impossible to get past for me. Yeah, so I'm just worried that, I, you know, my uh, stable of politicians I trusted at all was pretty small anyway, but I feel like it's getting smaller. Yeah. So, but DeSantis says, uh, you know, because they floated this, uh, uh, this balloon that said uh, 
or this uh, story that someone, and I always sort of distrust these unnamed sources close to, but someone in the Biden administration who's unnamed said they were going to uh, look at a domestic travel ban, you know, like with Florida and Ron DeSantis says, fuck you if you are. He goes, no, we're going to fight you tooth and nail. Yeah. And we need more people like that. Yeah. Not uh, people like Cuomo who who might uh, get busted here for obstructing justice. And I didn't hear. What, what do you do? Well, they were, uh, they downplayed the numbers from the uh, from the nursing homes. Yep. They hid some of the numbers, and then when people started looking for them, they hid them some more. And then he pulled a Hillary Clinton and said, what does it matter where yeah. and how they died? They died. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, this is the other thing I'm starting to get worried about. I may have to move to France. <laughs> so France already has... Their main source of power in their country is nuclear power, which I'm all for. That's clean. It gets That's actual clean energy, and it actually is efficient, and it uh, and it has enough energy to supply the country. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike wind and solar, we're not going to be able to power the country with wind and solar. We're not going to be able to do it. It's a good supplementary thing. That's fine. Uh, you want to do that? That's okay. But you know, this idea that we will get people off fossil fuels completely—it's not going to happen. Um, so. Uh, France is already all nuclear power, but now uh, the French education minister, whose name I don't have here, says uh, basically that woke Americans suck. They're, the French administration under Macron is uh, saying, you know, this uh, leftist agenda, progressive racial uh, philosophy stuff that's coming from American colleges is destroying French culture. <laughs> if you have the fucking French saying, hey, you're being dumb, uh, and you start to agree with them, you need to either worry about yourself or wonder if maybe they're right. And so they're basically saying, you know, all of this stuff about, uh, I don't want to say racial equality, but, you know, the equity stuff. And, you know, we're all the same and blah, 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 blah. Uh, And by all the same, I mean um, there aren't shitty people who come from shitty parts of the world. Um, You know, I'm not I'm not talking about it based on race. You've got uh, you got to wonder if France is waking up to this. Why the hell can't we? You know? Yeah. I mean, they're starting to realize that importing all these people from downtrodden parts of the world who don't give a shit about your country's history and would just rather get government handouts and live the way they want to live is not good for the long-term life of your country. They're starting to wake up to it and they're saying, where's this coming from? And they're saying American universities cut that shit out. Yeah, There's an element of willful ignorance nowadays when it comes to just buying what's what the left and the Democrats are telling people. Uh, I saw a Facebook argument earlier today where another another lefty brought up that, that she thought that uh, Trump had said that white supremacists were very fine people. And then when somebody actually pointed out to her, no, he didn't. Here's the text of what he said. Here's the video of what he said. Watch it and then get back to me. She actually had the, uh, you know, the... Um, sort of aha moment. Yeah, she actually said, oh, I had no idea. Okay, I guess I was wrong about that. She actually admitted that. Whereas most lefties would go, bullshit. 
or they'd, they'd move the goalpost or they or they go, well, what about this? They wouldn't even admit they were wrong. And I have made a point of, of if I'm going to get into these kind of debates with these people, I won't move on. I won't go and try to defend whatever bullshit they come up with. I go, you have to admit you were fucking wrong about what you just said before I'll move on to your next bullshit. Yeah, you've uh, lost a couple Facebook friends over that recently. Yeah, I'm done with that. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I can't do this. Th- that's the thing that enrages me the most, where you can't... I'll admit I'm wrong. If you just show me I'm wrong, I'll be like, oh, okay, all right, all right. I admit I'm wrong there. Let's talk about this thing. Yeah. But, but they won't do it. But the fact that, that she did that... But what irritates me is that if you think that you're that clued in on politics, that you can comment on some Facebook post about politics, and you can bring up all this bullshit, and you don't know that Trump repeatedly uh, denounced white supremacists and Ku Klux Klan and all that, repeatedly denouncing. You don't know that? That shows you that you're you, you're willfully ignorant in the fact that you think you know about politics enough to jump in on a discussion about politics, but you don't want to learn enough to actually know the actual real truth about what's happening. I don't sit there and, and blather on about some Facebook post by a far-right person that ends up being bullshit because... My radar goes, oh, well, that sounds almost too good to be true. I'm going to look this up. And then you find out it's bullshit. And well, you don't, you know, they don't do that. Do you know what that person did after they found out they were wrong about Trump to celebrate? Went out and voted for a Democrat. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's and like, it, I honestly don't think it's willful ignorance. I don't. I don't think when they have that sort of cognitive dissonance moment where what they thought and what is don't match up, I think they just, do a lot of, well, how can this be? I really think that Jordan Peterson's 100% right when he's talking about they believe so hard in their own virtue that they're good people and they're smarter than you. So it, it, that's that whole that whole book, White Fragility, is written on that. But how do you explain when people do that, where, they, where you catch them in a bold-faced mis- misquote or statement that's, a, that's basically a lie, or they believe it, but you find out that it's not true, you, you, you catch them in that, and if they don't immediately go, huh, okay, I'm wrong, which most of them don't do that. Most of them go, well, what about this? That is disingenuous. That is somebody that knows that they that they are spreading bullshit, and they don't care. I, I remember hearing this thing about um, kids and raising them and how they don't really understand consequences. When you say to them, look, if you're lying to me, you don't get to play your PlayStation for the next two hours or the next two days or two weeks or whatever. And the kid thinks the the kid's brain is not fully formed enough to understand the consequence of that kind of stuff. So when they are caught in a lie, they're caught and they just go, wasn't me because that's what your brain tells you to do, you know? And I think on some level, Again, these people think, going back to the woman who wrote White Fragility, she realized that she was a raging racist at some point in her life. But then she projects that on everybody But she else. goes, I'm a good person. I'm way better than all these people. So they so must be. They're double secret racist. Yeah, because they won't admit it. So I'm just going to embrace my understanding of my yeah, own projection. flaws. And I'm going to show everybody. And when people go, I'm not racist. I don't have, she's like, but you are. I'm an awesome person. I am. So you must be. And when they go, when they go, prove to me that I'm racist, she comes back with things like, well, if, if you don't think you are, then you that must be you're. double extra special racist. Yeah. You know, with, with the, the special cherry sauce. on top. <laughs> you know, so I think this person, when you set, when you prove to them that they or they were 
proven to be wrong about Trump just went, huh, son of a bitch. But you know what? He really is a shitty human yeah, being. doesn't change any of my perspectives. No, because in their mind, they they cannot. They, they, can't, yeah, they can't go, well, if I was wrong about that, I wonder what else I was exactly. wrong about. They can't do that. They can't let their worldview be changed. Yeah. You know, it's like when I'm talking about this stuff with Cuban, it's like, fuck, I hate being wrong. <laughs> but I'm wrong. It is delicious. That doesn't mean that every other thing I've decided is is wrong because my ego and my sense of self is not wrapped up in my opinions. Yeah. I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> and sometimes they're wrong. Yeah. And when they're wrong, you gotta just go, eh, fucking wrong on that one. Move on. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the last time I was wrong. It's difficult. I don't have a hard time remembering when you were wrong. <laughs> we gotta get to this real quick before we, we're getting close on time here. Sure. I want to talk about the Time magazine article that basically admitted that uh the election was rigged against Trump. By a uh, secret cabal, no less, of wealthy uh, and politically politically connect, connected elites. No, they fortified yeah. the election. <laughs> but the, the 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 wording that they use is so funny because it's like what happened when Comey came out and was running a litany of all the illegal shit that Hillary was doing, and how everybody's listening, going, "Oh shit, you she's know, in trouble." You know what this is? You huh. know what I was thinking of when I was listening to this article? So there's a there's a board game we'd play with some friends called Munchkin. It's like a D and D kind of yeah, it's cartoony a little bit hard to version. Explain, yeah. yeah, it's it's just a silly game. Yep, uh, it is to Dungeons and Dragons and stuff what uh, Cards Against Humanity is to poker. Okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's not serious, but uh, you can mess with other people in the game, and you would play the game and be like, "I was going to mess with you, and I didn't, so you're welcome." <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I have allowed a righteous outcome to exist. I yeah. could have changed it. I could have messed with that. But I didn't. Yeah. So, so you're welcome. I'm a very good person. So what these guys are doing in this article is saying this election, sort of a tweak on it is saying this election could have gone very badly and wrong, but we kind of jumped in and steered it the right way. So you're welcome. But it, it's just the wording they use is so funny. That they they actually used cabal and all that kind of stuff, and then they go, but but it was a good cabal. Yeah, we fortified the election. Yeah, and everything is now as it should be. You're welcome. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. Uh, if you get a chance to read it, it it you, you're just gonna slap slap your forehead and roll your eyes through it and go, I can't believe they're. I mean, they're admitting that exactly what Trump and us were saying, but that it wasn't just it wasn't Dominion voting. It wasn't just this kind of. It was all the collusion going on and all the states changing laws without consequence uh, in cities and municipalities um, and all that, you know, the, the, the doing things in secret, um, hiding, hiding people's views of uh, blocking uh, Republican um, observers and, and putting pizza boxes and stuff in the windows. So you can't see what they're doing. All that was for the best because they, otherwise we would have been duped into when, voting for Trump. When Trump said it happened, they said, no, it didn't, you hateful bigot. And then later when they, when everything was free and clear, they went, okay, so here's what we did. You yeah. know, basically Tim, everything they said we did. Tim Poole wrote, I just want to say that it is the opposite of democracy when a secret cabal of wealthy and polit politically connected elites conspire to manipulate the rules and laws of an election in order to win. Which he's not really making a caricature of what the article said. <laughs> 
The article said exactly. a bunch of rich elites got for together. Our own, yeah. But that's like for your progressive own attitude. That that's what that is. It's like, look, you guys don't really know what's good for you. We do. And just let us take care of it. Yeah. And 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 that's bullshit. But that's that's in a nutshell progressivism. And the problem is half of this country thinks, oh, okay, well, if the government's just gonna take care of me, yes, and lock you into your mediocre life mm-hmm. with no opportunity to move out of it. Yeah. You know, you're just stuck there. You're welcome. <laughs> I remember seeing a 60 Minutes uh, story God, 10, 15 years ago on uh, uh, apparently the most content country in the world was Denmark. So they went there and interviewed a bunch of Danes and they're like, happy? We're not really that happy. And they said, well, it says content. And they're like, yeah, eh, I guess. And we're not really striving for anything. Yeah, that's. But we're not suffering. That was exactly their reaction. Yeah. They're like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's like the greatest country in the world. And they're going, well, that's not what the article said. They said you're the most content. And they're like, I, I mean, I, I, I guess. Am I discontent? Yeah, kinda. I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> I mean, unhappy. There could be uh, more just, to life. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> I just and I don't really care that much. So sure. Well, here's a, an, a, a like a quick paragraph from the article that kind of gives you the the idea of, of what they're what they're saying. So there was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated coordinate. Sorry, coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse, little-noticed joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Both sides, and they should be, those guys should be at odds. Both sides would come to see it as sort of implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive, racial, racial justice protests in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. So all what they're doing is they're saying exactly what we've been saying that they all these fuckers are coming together to rig an election, but it's to save us from Trump's assault on democracy. No, see, here's what you're not understanding, okay? And I'll explain it to you because I'm smart and I'm a better person than you. So I'll I'll explain it so that you can And you can under- admit when you're wrong. It's yes, exactly. So you really are a good person. Yeah, and I'm not wrong this time. <laughs> it's hard for me to be wrong cuz I'm so fucking virtuous. <laughs> Um, you said they cheated. Okay. Mm-hmm. And no, there's no proof of that. Okay. I'm telling you they cheated for your own good. <laughs> so you're implying that it was a malicious. But they, but they didn't of, cheat, but it, they cheated for my own good. No. See, when you say they cheated, you mean it maliciously. Right. And I'm saying that didn't happen. I'm saying the cheating was for your own good. You know, just to help you out in that argument a little bit, I just, just a little, little help. Instead of saying cheat, just say you hacked the election. Sounds better. It's like life hacks, right? <laughs> no, but my point is the thing you said that I did that I didn't do because I didn't do it in a mean way, like you said. I did because I did I'm looking out for you because I'm <laughs> taking care of you. Okay, it, like, it makes total I, sense. I don't beat my kids. I hit them occasionally so yeah. that they know it's what for they're their supposed. Own good. Yeah, I mean, see, you now you get it. I get it. I'm on yeah. board now. You know, and the bruises are always heart shaped. <laughs> you know. Love so, bruises. Yeah. <laughs> For right. the record, I don't beat my kids. No. Uh, other people's kids. Well, all the time. <laughs> See them in the store, just like, shut up! Boom! As long as you can get away with it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Check for video cameras and you just have at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right. Well, on that note, if you want to contact us, not about beating kids. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, Unless it's, you're James Gunn. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> or worse. Uh, email is rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And I hear that Parlor may be coming back. If it does, I'm on there as Rooster BNC. Uh, but until then, you can find us on Facebook at Bread and Circuses Podcast. And I will be on Parlor as Crow Knows. Really? Crow Knows. I, I hear Parlor's gone, though. Okay. Well, don't follow Crow See, Knows. I was going to use it for good stuff. You were going to use it for bad things. See you, bye. Bye.